Hello and welcome to One Hit Podcast episode 13. Today we're with three-time Olympian and professional boxer Paddy Barnes. Paddy has attended the 2008, 2012 and 2016 Olympics, winning a total of two bronze medals in boxing. Paddy will go down as one of the greatest amateur boxers in Irish history. We chatted about his career, how he got into boxing, the Olympics, the professional game and what he's up to now. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube for all our episodes. Hope you'll enjoy. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend. Welcome to One Hit Podcast, Paddy. So... We had a fellow Belfast man on the last episode and he told me he was the best boxer in Belfast. I'm sure you have something to say. His name is Tommy McCarty. So he said he was the biggest, <laughs> and, biggest and best boxer in Belfast. So He, he may be the biggest. Hey, that's, 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 that's what all. I said to him. I said to him he's the biggest anyhow. He mightn't be the best, but he's the biggest. <laughs> so just for <laughs> most of our listeners probably know already who you are, but we have a lot of listeners in America, like uh, Paddy Barnes, Olympian, professional boxer, like... We watched you growing up, like when I was growing up, it was all in the house. We were seeing how Paddy's getting on back in 2007, 2008, whenever we sort of, we sort of knew who we were at my household. And since then, we've been fans of you. So it was a pleasure to have you on and to hear your story. And like, how did you get into boxing? Was, it always, was it always a thing in your area? Was it boxing or was you, were you just brought to it? Um, to be honest, like, what happened was basically... I was playing football in the street. My friends boxed. And I remember it was a Wednesday night and it was raining. So I said, fuck it, I ain't done my mate's house. I was hanging in the, the club with my mate. And I remember joining the Wednesday and the guy, the coach, asked me to fight that Sunday. I had never boxed my life. You know, I had no problem. I went, I obviously lost like, but at that time as well, I used to go down to my cousins and cutting down every weekend. And they had a club down there. So I decided just to join boxing. So I would train at the weekends just down uh, at my cousins because I was there anyway. And basically, I only started boxing to, to fit in with my mates. So basically, just to fit in, just do a couple of demons. That's the really reason I've I done it and why I stuck at it for. And like you, you think back then that's... Fast forward 20 odd years later, like you'd be retired professional boxer and Olympian. Like, it's strange how it happens, isn't it? Ah, oh, it's crazy, you know. Like, it's just things that it's meant to be. Like, and uh, you know, I, I remember as a kid, you know, my ultimate dream was not even to fight, not, not even to win the All Ireland, but the fight in Dublin mm. in the National Arena. That was always my dream. And you know, once I got there, um, and I went to won the All Ireland, you know. I thought I was the world champion. And yeah. from there, I, I kept putting off certain smaller targets. Like, there was a full racing championship out there. And I was hopeful, like, breaking on the Irish team and hopeful, like, getting the Europeans and get the world championships. Like, they were all small targets of, of setting myself. And um, I fancy as I got older and got more experience and got a bit better, they all, they all happened. Brilliant. I guess you mentioned there about like, fighting in Dublin. Like, you're like you're a proud Irishman and it shows every time when you try colour around your back. Like, how's it feel representing your country? Especially 2008, whenever sort of you weren't in for the chance to go to the qualifiers and you went there and you showed your awardee and you went to the Olympics in Beijing. 
and getting the bronze and having the tricolour on the podium, it must be a great feeling. Unbelievable. You know, when you speak about representing your country, like I remember when I qualified for the Beijing Olympics, like I, I, I didn't really understand what the Olympics were. I didn't really know what to... Because for me, like Olympics obviously were on, are on every boxer's radar, but for me, it was always like the World Championships. I always wanted to like, go to the World Championships and be, become World Champion. Mm-hmm. And But going to the mix, getting a medal, coming home, like I realised there that uh, how much it meant to the country, you know, representing the country and winning for the country, and how much it meant people back home. So then, I kind of like, you could say, got addicted to, yeah. to like, trying to do well for the country because, you know, coming back home, you know, people from Belfast to Cork, like they're, they're, they're cheering you on and they want you to, to do so well. Brilliant, like especially in Belfast. You mentioned yesterday, Tommy, like it, there's a lot of great Belfast boxers that have been through. Like, has anyone sort of, when you're younger, you looked up towards, locally-wise, to help you drive forward towards that Olympics, towards that boxing career? To, to be honest, like no one, no one's ever inspired me and no one's ever like looked up to anyone. Like that's not, that's not being like arrogant or disrespectful. Yeah. Like I just, I've no interest in really watching sport. Like, it's just what it was. But I can remember like from early age, dad bring me to watch like Brian McGee, Dean and Kelly. Um, I didn't really get to see Ian McGee fight. I would watch Ian McGee on TV. So mm-hmm. the Anthony fighters, when I was growing up, I, I was always interested in watching names because they're all from Belfast. You know I mean, yeah. so it was good to get the same and plus the professionals. But as well, there was amateurs when I was younger that I loved going to watch. You know, we get likes of Martin Lindsay and the Hamill brothers and a, a, a few other boxers from like the north. Mm-hmm. I would go and watch in the, the author senior championships. So if you could say did I look up to anyone, not really, but I look forward to watching those kind of fighters. I see what they're achieving and saying it's realistic for you yeah. to achieve then. Of course, because also seniors, it was in the Ulster Hall. I think that was a massive platform, a massive big arena for boxing. And every boxer in Ulster wanted to fight in the finals night in the Ulster Hall. So everyone used, used to be packed out, everyone wanted it. So for me, it was a dream of mine to fight there in the finals. Yeah, It's happened on a number of occasions now. So I'm, I'm lucky if that box tick, but I think for every boxer in Ulster when they're younger, that's that's their dream. That's a dream, yeah. And like I was reading about your record, like I think it was your first 12 fights you lost. What motivated you then yeah. to keep going? Like, because most people, like at that age, losing even three fights to go, oh, it's not for me, I'm going back to football or Harlan, whatever. But like, what drove you on to go keep going? Let's just get something more. Like, see, really, when people say, oh, you lost 12 fights, what motivated you to go? But like, I was quite young. I wasn't training properly. And like there were close fights. I think it hammered. I trained as hard as I could. Yeah. But like, I don't really know what motivated me. Like, But I remember like, once I got my first win, the feeling was hmm. unbelievable. And you could say, hey, somewhat, I came addicted to that feeling. So yeah. I kept trying my best, trying my hardest to win again, win again. So I kept craving that, that feeling of, of, of winning. And like, it just even to this day, I, I, I crave it. That's why you know. I think, I think people, and like elite sport, like they're always on a slippy slope because I think in their heads, like they've an addictive personality. 
because mm-hmm. they're always getting that high of like winning stuff and like if they lose a big competition like you might see it but they look really, they're really really down high elite sportsmen you know they're always mentally in my opinion on a slippery slope because of that addictiveness yeah. and creating success all the time and they don't get it so God knows what could happen to their minds because you can't describe that feeling the referee lifting your hand after all the hard work put in the place because it isn't just the one the night it's the weeks and weeks and months and years to get your hand raised and it's, you can't buy it yeah it's easy and fit and it's not really but it's easier than the hard camps and the solid dad and all and travel all around the world you know it's, that, that's the real tough pe- stuff that the people don't see fighting is the end product but everyone everyone wants to see <laughs> it's say it is as hard as the good training regime you, you put your body through yeah yeah and like we mentioned there at the start like but the Beijing Olympics you haven't just been to one Olympics you've been to a few Olympics which which Olympics sort of come out in your head that's Started the most, like say, not just the fighting or the medal, just the the whole build up, the experience being there, and especially the crack being there. Like, what was the one that stands out to you the most memorable? Um, you know, they've each, each got their own place. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose Beijing for like the infrastructure and all, and the buildings and all, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, and the Chinese people were great people and, and very very friendly. So. Can't fault China one bit. It was unbelievable. Um, London was the same, unreal. Loved every minute of it. Um, and plus, it was only like two hours away in the plane. Yeah, London was great. You know, even like the apartments all were staying and everything was just so good about it. The only thing I liked about Rio was the fact that I got to carry the flag in the open ceremony mm. because, like, I, I've been the like. I've been my third Olympics, but I've also been to three Commonwealth Games, which is kind of the same format, yeah. village base. But Rio was absolutely terrible. Like taking my take, taking boxing aside and my performance aside and me losing to the side, the village wasn't even finished yet. The food was disgusting. And, you know, if you want to talk about boxing, you know, the way boxing was ran, it was, it was corrupt. You know, people could sent home, judges could sent home from it. So, like, Rio probably the worst experience of my life. And plus, I got two phones stole as well. <laughs> right. <off the> pockets. <laughs> pay pockets. So, like, it's, especially Olympics meant to be the pinnacle of everything and they didn't even do it half right. The village the, the the were absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. And two weeks after that, or we got that, was the point of the games. So, obviously, there would have been, like, the stable stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't even ready for them either. Because I thought you would have said like London Olympics because there were so many more of your like say your friends competing and especially it was more like say Irish people in the crowd cheering and sure the atmosphere yeah. was totally different than, than China. Yeah, it, it was different, but in China, uh, when I fought the Chinese guy, you see know what I mean? In the semi-finals, there was it was because he's a superstar over there. Yeah. Like there was thirteen thousand. Like hmm. most of them were school kids, but had like buttons banging the buttons. The noise yeah. was incre- incredible. But the atmosphere was just burning dark, so it was. Deadly and fight. obviously, London, when I fought him again, the atmosphere is incredible there too. Oh, I love that, because like, we were chatting about boxers before, about the difference between the amateur game and the professional game. Like after Rio, you shortly went into the, the pro game. And did you find like, yeah. a 
there's like we were, I, my background is not boxing, but I watch a bit of it. And a lot of boxers say that amateur boxing is totally different fighting than the pro game. How did you find that transition over to the pro game? Well, it's a totally different sport. Um, it's like, if, if you describe it, it's like horse racing. So like, amateur boxing could be like the flats. Okay. And boxing could be the jumps. Right. Longer distance. Yeah. I mean, that, that's it, it's black and white, basically. You know, it's scored the same way in some, some ways, but the gloves and the state of fighting is a lot different. You know, amateur boxing, you're scoring fast punches. Mm-hmm. They get the kick to the eye and, and they can control pro boxing. You're out there with the sole intention of, okay, there's some boxing involved in it, but to KO someone, to be as brutal as you can because professional boxing, it's hard to call it a sport. Right. Because it's a, it's a business. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you could be, you could be shit at boxing. Perceive your personality and speak, speak well. Yeah. Like, people will buy you, people will go on, along and watch you. You know what I mean? So, like, personality can outweigh talent in some in some cases. Um, but for me, when I'm on pro, I actually remember um, having a discussion with, which is an INTK, was MGM at the time, yep. about going pro before Rio. And I thought, you know what? Rio would be my last game anyway. I would like to try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and have a discussion with him. And I said, but, but if I go pro, um, I don't know if I know these journeymen. Like, because people fight journeymen as well. Obviously, they learn the game. Yeah. But people fight them to build up a kind of a, a name for themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I felt in Ireland, which I knew, I, I already had a following. So I didn't really need to build up a profile. Yeah. Um, I felt through the WSB and all too that I'd be ready to be fast-tracked. And I was fast-tracked. Um, I had an out from Ireland or UK yeah. that has fought for a title in their third fight. And then their fifth fight, and then the world title in the sixth fight. I don't know anyone else who's ever done that. No. Um, and people always ask me, do I regret rushing it? Absolutely not. If I was to start over again, I would do the exact same thing because, like you think, in Belfast alone, like, there's loads of world champions. World champions. Yeah. And, like I've created so much history as an amateur. Like I don't want to be just another world champion. Yeah. Pro. Like I'm not probably the biggest world champion. I want to be the quickest world champion, so I want to step away from everyone else. So, quick history as amateur, and I want to quick history as a pro. Like, that's the reason for that. And listen, it didn't work out, but who cares? At least it's tried. Yeah, especially you said like they didn't want to go back to the start. Like you build your career at through the amateur, so you had to jump in yeah. at a higher level. Be pointless. Yeah, start. No point. You know, you're fighting journeyman here. Like, if people need to realize, like people are like ah. Oh, you get pros nine in Ireland and the UK, like not people like journeymen, like they're Muhammad Ali. But <laughs> these people are basically getting paid to lose. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So people are, oh, such and such a classy is not good. So fuck, he's fighting some easy who, who's, who's paid to lose, basically. Yeah. Like people need to grasp that concept that you, know, you mightn't be as good as you think you are because they, they're fighting absolute agents or people who may be good, but journeyman they're getting paid the last round of you so I think the kind of maximum saying is to people stop being ahead of yourselves I just remember you remember your feet where you are look around of course remember who you are remember who you're fighting who they have fought I remember and just assess your own abilities you know as well like 
it's mentioned about harsh, but like there, there's people or a lot of pros, you know, who who do set set targets very very high for themselves, and like they're very very unrealistic. Um, you know, I think people there are certain boxers who would target European title or Irish title or British title, which mm-hmm. is brilliant. I think people should do that before they target a world title because people look too far ahead. Yeah. It happened, that happens too much. Like, especially like Conor McGregor and all there, he showed in the UFC what he could do. And then you have MMA guy saying, I want the headline Vegas, but you only fought twice. So you have, they don't really yeah. have, to, have to build the game up. And you're saying create your fans. Where if me, for example, if I had 5,000 fans that would follow me to a boxing fight, I could turn pro tomorrow and sell it out because of that yeah. reason. I might be, I might be more screwed. I might lose in the first round, but all they want is to make money, pay-per-view. Mike Tyson fought last week at exhibition. It was great and all, but it's because it's his name. You'd watch it, and he could sell it ten times over again. So of that's, course, that's why professional boxing is the sport, obviously, but more so it's the entertainment business. Yeah, that's just the way it is. I mean, people think uh, Mayweather fighting your man Jake Paul ever again. It's entertainment business, so you have no reason to cry about it because if you're not cry about it that much, you cry about. The ridiculous amount of titles there is, yeah, um, and whatnot. So, you know what I mean. And like on with the boxing, like the Olympics, no, you're always known as like a sort of a mess or like having the crack. Belfast thing in yeah, or just just the way it is. It's you know what people people will come across. People say like I'm a um a mess or and something controversial. Uh-huh. But see, like, I, I can't remember who I've said this to, but. People say, oh, I'll probably your your mod now you put her all out there. But I have never once said a false statement in my life mm-hmm. on Twitter. So if anyone ever wants to bring it, bring it to me or whatever I said, nothing I said I do say is false. Yeah. I do give my opinion some stuff, but I never state facts. Because like uh, I remember like sort of like seeing like a take a picture, you and Anthony Joshua and different things like looking up like monster monster of a man. <laughs> What that is, or I always like I signal in heavyweights just directly. Yeah, yeah. People get the picture. Oh, I does so. I want to stand face to face though, because I'm small, uh-huh. all massive. Because I have a picture of Joshua Fury, um, Tony Oka from France, Tesora, oh, David yeah, Price. Yeah, they're all big lads. Face to face, so it's good. I sure it's because it's funny like, to see like they are like big, big men like. Um, like especially seeing their their heavyweights, and like I was, I was seeing on your Twitter there, you're doing a lot of like sort of one to one training now, train with Olympian. Can you tell our listeners about, about, about that, so they might be interested in getting in contact with you. I so during lockdown, I, I was thinking about the gym, and I still am in the process of like a like a, a business plan together in the gym and maybe Belfast. But in the meantime, you know, everywhere's locked down, those gyms are opening on and off. So I thought, you know, I'd go ahead and offer my services. So it's, but going to people's houses and train them in their house. So you need to leave the house. That's by Polly Box, you call it. Polly Box. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a I, I go to the house, I had the bag, and everything was needed for the session. Um, there's no, there's not a great deal of space needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do the session last about an hour or so, like, and uh, people love it. Like, I, I, I have, I have, no real spare time at all now because I'm booked out that much. I'll train a team. Actually, I train a team in Monaghan for Oshie McConville. 
So they love that too. I train twice a week down there, which is great too. And like you said, Paddy Box, right. you also have a Paddy cast. Cast, it's a podcast. I have good guests on. I didn't have one last week there. Um, my Wi Fi went off, right? Mid, mid, mid podcast. I had a Natasha Jonas, um, who fought yeah. Taylor in Olympics. Um, so I'll, I'll get her on again maybe tonight or tomorrow for this weekend. Awesome. But I've had some great guests like Shane Laurie and Darren Till, Carl Frampton, Paddy um, Paddy <laughs> No, something. So, and Packy Lee, so it is a bit sports people, but I will get people from different walks of life. Yeah. Um, special, special episodes. Oh, perfect. No, I, I won't keep much longer, Paddy, but I, I, can, I can't not mention it. I can see in the background all your awards and your belts and all. Like, what stands out to you? Like, sort of your achievement that's you go to wall. That's, that's me. That's my achievement. I know they all are special, but there's always one yeah. that stands out the most. What would that be? To be honest, you know, like living managers and all, and the comic games managers look nice. But the one I'm most proud of is my European gold from 2010. Now, the Madden looks like something you buy a lucky bag. Yeah. But it's because, like, back then, people from Western Europe were never getting medals at the Europeans because it's always the Soviet countries, you know, target looking. Um, and for me to go over in Russia, uh, and when the gold over there, was for me my definitely best achievement. That's awesome, and that's awesome. And would you ever come out of retirement again, or is it done and dusted? Well, I would definitely come out of retirement. There's some YouTube star <laughs> want to fake me, or some reality TV star want to fake me. Um, you never, you for a little money, looking the Legends League could look you. You never know. That's seems to be the case now. You know what I mean? So, I'm, I'm on the, like brand property or something want to fake me. No <laughs> problem. Brilliant. Or Michael Martin or Leo Frager. That's it. You're just, you're just naming all assholes now, CR. <laughs> <laughs> you said that at me. <laughs> oh, well, I had to, someone, someone had to say it. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, how, how can our listeners get involved, listen to you, and find out more information? So, you mentioned the podcast. Is only on YouTube, is no, it? The podcast is solely on YouTube at the minute. Then your your Instagram is Paddy underscore bronze. Am I right? Paddy on the score bronze for Instagram. So make sure you go on and follow me. Even if you don't like me, Forever. just follow me anyway. No, I have a good, I have a good story before we finish. Uh, I, I think it was I went to university in Jordanstown. And I was living in Belfast. I was eighteen. I think it was I think it was two thousand eight. You were just back from the Olympics, and I was walking down the street past Castle Court, and you're coming towards me. And like because it's after Olympics, and all, I'm a big martial arts fan. I was like, holy shit, there's Paddy Barnes, and it's like sort of like. Wow, like and coming towards me, and I goes, Well, Paddy, and I just went, What, what do you want? and walked on. <laughs> you did, <laughs> and I was like, What? I was, I was only going to say hello to you. <laughs> so it's uh, so God, no, I know what Belfast is like sometimes, so God knows who you thought it was. <laughs> but it was on me, it was on me. Yeah, like, I'll probably I'll find it about me or something. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, next time I see you in Belfast, I'll be able to say hello to you proper. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sad. I won't say what do you want this. <laughs> <laughs> Something I never forget because, like, uh, I actually I met I met Usain Bolt before as well, and same thing happened too. I asked him, I actually seen him in Manchester, I asked for a photograph, and he goes, "No, no chance." And then two minutes later, it was a queue a mile long, photograph, photograph, photograph. <laughs> no one knew who he was. Yes, why? Why? 
if, if you get a photo of him and then people see it there and like, oh, let's get, yeah. let's get him. Destroyed. So you can destroy it afterwards. He said, no, that, that was the case between me and you because I, 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 I'm the one, so no one Belfast. I thought it was a being like, oh my God, there's Paddy Barnes. Like, I'm only, I'm only in Belfast maybe two months in university and going, oh, look, look I met downtown today. <laughs> so, so we'll never forget, but sure. <laughs> what do you mean, what am I just want a picture? <laughs> I had, had to wait an hour. I was only two months in Belfast in the big stick, so it was kind of lost. So I was thanks very much, Paddy. And sure, oh, yeah, before I go, yeah, I also asked my guests because it's called the One Hit Podcast. The, we also asked to get what was the best one hit you've seen, either in person or TV or YouTube video. It doesn't have to be boxing, it could be the best rugby tackle, the best. Golf swing, the best free kick, the best knockout, the best kick is the best one hit that comes to your head that you've seen. Well, I'm going to say two. And the reason why, because the first one, I can't remember who it was. You might know because you're, if you watch UFC, uh-huh. but it could be in Bellator. There was a, a black guy fight recently and he done like a overhead back kick and that to fell out. I've seen that. The bicycle, bicycle kick, yes, yes. It was in Bellator, yes. Um, Ridiculous, and probably Polly McCrory, a boxer from Belfast. Um, not to know journeyman, but the way he knocked him out, I thought Fell was dead, right? But thankfully, didn't die. But it was some punch, brilliant. Well, it's been a pleasure, Paddy. Thanks very much. It's been a long time waiting for you to come on, but I'm really appreciate you did come on. So, thank you very much again. No problem at all. No problem at all. Cheers, Paddy. Cheers. No problem. Good it's good. easy. Thank you, Slant, slant. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend.